This is All the Cool Parts number one for February 22nd, 2010. Welcome to All the Cool Parts number one. My name is Anthony Joseph Landman. I'll be your host for this brand new classical music podcast. This week, I'll be presenting eight-string classical guitarist Paul Galbraith's 2000 release of the complete lute suites of Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh, Before we get into that, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the podcast and what All the Cool Parts is going to be all about. Each week, I'll be bringing you a different and recent classical release uh, with the intention of exposing more people to this genre of music and to encourage you to take what I present and go explore this music further for yourselves. On uh, all the cool parts, I'll be focusing on just that. All the cool audio excerpts, what makes those excerpts cool, and also what's cool about the artists and the composers themselves. I highly encourage you to visit our website during the show Uh, You can visit it at allthecoolparts.blogspot.com. I'll be referencing a lot of information and using some musical terminology during the show that might be a little foreign to you. Um, If uh, you'd like to check out anything I'm talking about, or if I use a term that you don't know quite what it means and I don't really explain it very well, (laughs) um, I'll have uh, links, explanations, pictures, uh, etc. in the show notes for you to reference during the show. And once again, that URL is allthecoolparts.blogspot.com. As for myself, I have a background in classical guitar and electric guitar, and I'm also a composer. If you'd like to learn more about the person bringing you this podcast, you can check out my website. It's at anthonyjosephlandman.com. Also, I really encourage everyone to submit feedback for me. This is my first podcast ever, and I'd love to get your feedback, good or bad. You can send that to allthecoolparts at gmail.com. That's all one word, all the cool parts. And I will read every single email that you send. And now, let's get on with the show. was from the opening prelude of the suite in G minor of UWV uh, 995 for lute or probably uh, for Lauten work. And um, one thing I wanted to point out about that is uh, Galbraith's incredible ornamentation skills. Uh, he does a kind of cross string ornamentation and um, earlier guitarists would do more of a 
sort of trills like a violin player would, so they would just kind of trill on one string. Uh, but these days they're doing more of a cross-string uh, technique, which is uh, approximates the sound of a keyboard more. So it's a trill across uh, two different strings instead of on the same string, and it sounds more like the Lautenwerk would have sounded. Um, and I'll talk more about the Lautenwerk uh, later in the podcast. The next example I'm going to play you is from the fugue that uh, directly follows this prelude. And uh, the cool thing about this uh, excerpt that I wanted to point out to you guys is Galbraith's uh, amazing ability to take uh, a very complex uh, contrapuntal texture, so where you've got a lot of different voices going on at the same time, and really be able to separate out these voices um, so you can really clearly hear each one. Um, and it's a really just great thing to hear a guitarist be able to do. Not only can Galbraith take these really intensively contrapuntal sections uh, and play them really, really beautifully and really separated, um, he can also do something in this next excerpt where he just takes these um, very simple, single, austere uh, notes and uh, can play them with a really uh, profound sound and fullness. I mean, um, one sort of weakness the guitar has is that um, when you play single notes on it, the notes can sound really, really thin um, as opposed to, say, a cello. And, uh, um, you know, so with this particular movement in the original cello suite, that the cello can play a single note and it can be just really full of resonance. And uh, guitar, you know, not so much. Uh, but instead of sort of filling in with a bunch of bass notes and of other notes to sort of fill out the resonance of the guitar, uh, Galbraith really just concentrates on these single notes and is able to get uh, just this really warm and just incredible sound from these simple single notes. to talk about the Lautenwerk just a little bit so you guys can uh, put these suites in the proper sort of <laughs> context and they're labeled as lute suites and so you'd automatically assume that these were written specifically for 
the lute uh, uh, and um, specifically the Baroque lute. Uh, it's highly doubtful that these were written for the lute. Um, Bach had two instruments that were called Lautenwerk, and um, these appear to have been at least partially designed by Bach himself. And uh, it was it was a harp, uh, well, a keyboard instrument, sort of like a harpsichord. And uh, instead of, you know, being a normal harpsichord with a sort of piano-like body and metal strings, uh, the body of the Lauten work was genuinely like a giant lute. Um, it was made of entirely of wood. It had a flat top um, with a rounded um, bottom, just like a lute. And the strings went across the top. So just like a lute would be, they weren't inside a case, um, sort of uh, depressed down inside of a case, like a piano or a harpsichord would be. And uh, so there's no lid on the top or anything. And there's these gut strings instead of metal strings that are stretched across the top. And there's even uh, like a rosette sound hole in the middle, just like a, a lute would have. And uh, apparently Bach was really, really enchanted with the sound of the lute, but he was a keyboard player. So um, he had these instruments uh, to approximate the sound of a lute and uh, on an instrument that he could play. And uh, these suites were most likely written uh, specifically for that instrument. talk a little bit about Paul Galbraith and his special guitar that made these recordings really possible. Um, in the guitar world, classical guitar world, um, these recordings are kind of uh, uh, revolutionary and, and landmark recordings. Um, Paul Galbraith uh, came up with a special guitar that, as far as I know, only he plays. Um, it's uh, basically a guitar called a Brahms guitar, and it was a uh, designed by himself and um, the late uh, English guitar maker David Rubio. Um, he got the concept for this guitar when he was arranging uh, the Brahms variations on an original theme um, from the Opus 21A. This is a piece of Brahms for piano. I mean, uh, Brahms obviously never wrote anything for guitar, and um, as far as the Romantic period in particular, there's there's very little uh, written for the guitar since piano was kind of the reigning uh, champion. this piece for the normal six-string guitar and uh, he was kind of unhappy um, apparently the you know he had to make the bass kind of incomplete and um, his left hand was just stretched to the limit um, in trying to play this you know piano music on guitar and so uh, he got the idea to create an eight-string guitar uh, a guitar with 
an extra high string and an extra low string. And what this did was um, it extended the range of the guitar by a full octave, and um, it allowed him to uh, play more vertically so his uh, left hand wasn't so stretched out. In the next suite on the CD, the suite in E minor, BWV 996, I'm going to start by playing the very end of the opening fugue, uh, and you'll hear in this, um, you know, just more example of how Galbraith handles his counterpoint so masterfully. And this is going to go right into the stately Almond of the suite. guitar um, was inspired by the Renaissance instrument, the Orpharion. Uh, the Orpharion was kind of like a lute. It had metal strings instead of gut strings. Uh, but the really revolutionary thing about this instrument was that it had a sort of slanted fret design. So the lower strings had a longer string length and the higher strings had a shorter string length. And um, this just made it possible to start adding more and more strings. Um, and they use this design into uh, Paul Galbraith's guitar, and it ended up really working. Um, and, and this is what he plays um, all the time now. guitar and um, uh, its unusual features is that it has a large metal end pin like a cello that sits on top of a resonating box and he holds the guitar like a cello so the 
headstock is slung over his uh, left shoulder. And um, it's a a very revolutionary way of playing the guitar. And uh, I don't know, it'd be kind of interesting to see if anybody else picks up this, uh, this method of playing. This next excerpt, again, from the Sweden E minor, uh, BWV 996, this is uh, one of the most famous pieces by Bach, and especially among guitarists. Um, It's often played just by itself um, out of the context of the rest of the suite. Uh, This is the beret movement, and uh, it's really um, infiltrated popular culture somehow. Um, Even... uh, you know, such people like Paul McCartney said it influenced Blackbird and Jenny Wren. Uh, Led Zeppelin apparently used to use the piece in live performances of Heartbreaker. And uh, even recently, Jack Black and Tenacious D used this piece in uh, their songs Rock Your Socks and Classico. So, uh, you know, if Jack Black's doing it, you know, it's got to be good. Um, So this is the uh, beret from the movement. I'll play a big chunk of that. And then um, I'll have it go right into uh, this uh, really wonderful and joyous jig that ends the suite.
This next suite on the CD, the Sweden C minor BWV 997, uh, this is one of my favorite all-time uh, lute suites. It's dark, it's brooding, it's deep, uh, but restrained uh, in a way. Uh, it's very affecting. Um, it's from Bach's later years, uh, maybe the last 10 years of his life, and uh, it bears a lot of characteristics of uh, other music that he was writing at the time, especially the fugue, which I'll talk a little bit more about um, after I play this uh, excerpt of this um, great, great prelude. So after this prelude comes the very long, uh, intense, and uh, very dense fugue. And um, it's of an unusual construction. Instead of uh, having a sort of continuous contrapuntal variation, as is sort of typical of fugues and of Bach's fugues throughout his life, um, this is a true de capo form, meaning that um, at the end of the fugue, he brings back the initial 48 bars of music um, and in between has a really lengthy middle sort of development section of the fugal ideas. Um, the theme itself is highly dramatic. It has um, a lot of rising chromatic figures and a leap of a uh, very dissonant interval, uh, a major seventh. And it gives, again, just this sense of darkness, brooding, affect, um, and uh, just tension and drama to the overall piece. Thank you. 
I'm going to conclude this suite with the last two movements, the gigue and the double. Um, in the gigue, I want you to really listen to uh, Galbraith's ability to really make this guitar sing. Um, there's not a lot of singing lines in this music, but in this particular movement, uh, you have this two-part texture that's just a bass voice and a high melodic voice, and he's really able to make this sing um, really beautifully. And in the last movement, the double, is a really exciting finale that unites all the previous elements of the suite. Um, the contrapuntal complexity, the singing arioso lines, uh, the dark and brooding affectation, everything goes into this last double, and it's just uh, really fantastic to listen to. Finally, we come to the last piece on the CD, the Prelude Fugue and Allegro, BWV 998. I have to admit, um, for the recording of this first pilot episode, I wanted to do something that I was pretty familiar with and comfortable with, and I have to admit, this is probably my all-time desert island piece. If I was stuck on a desert island forever with only one piece to listen to, I think this would be it. Um, this is a... a highly unusual piece um, for Bach and unfortunately uh, since it is one of the lute pieces and really only guitarists play it for the most part uh, most people, most lovers of Bach's music are kind of unaware of this piece and uh, in my opinion it's one of the greatest pieces that Bach ever wrote period for anything um, the piece starts with the prelude, it's in three movements so like I said, prelude a fugue in allegro and um the the prelude is just lively it's a great theme and um it's just a great piece that's all i say about it um so i'll play uh just a little bit of that and then uh, i'll talk about the uh monumental fugue that follows it <laughs>
following this prelude uh, is, uh, like I said before, and I, I can't really use another word for this monumental fugue, and it's uh, uh, yet another example of this de capo fugue that, that Bach started writing during the last 10 years of his life. Um, this is where the opening material repeats at the end, and then in the middle of the fugue, uh, you have these really, really long extended episodes, which are sections that develop the fugue theme in different ways. And um, for the, the first, I'll play you the theme itself or the fugue subject. Uh, this is a very plaintive um, subject, uh, very religious in its tone. And um, some have suggested that it was inspired by Martin Luther's uh, Von Himmelhochdachum Ecker. Okay, one uh, disclaimer about this show and myself. Um, I'm going to be butchering, absolutely butchering, uh, any foreign language that I try to uh, say. <laughs> Especially French, but uh, German too, or anything else. Um, so, you know, you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, uh, so that it was suggested that it was modeled on this uh, chorale by Martin Luther, and it's also suggested that it might have been modeled on the chorale Herr Jesu Christ, Wahr Mensch und Gott. Um, however, I have no idea. This is something, uh, you know, we'll just let the musicologists argue and bicker about this one. this next excerpt I'm going to play, it's a, it's a more extended excerpt from uh, the middle part of the fugue. And what I really want you to listen for in these extended episodes is how incredibly and masterfully Galbraith uh, is able to make the fugue subject just pop out of the texture. Uh, no matter where Bach has this subject buried, whether it's in the top voice, the low voice, or somewhere in the middle, um, Galbraith is just... Um, much more than any other guitarist I've ever heard play this piece, um, he's really able to make this fugue subject just pop out of the texture, and you can really hear exactly where it is woven within this uh, really complex contrapuntal tapestry.
And for the very last excerpt that we're going to play on this uh, inaugural episode of All the Cool Parts is uh, the closing Allegro from Bach's Prelude, Fugue, and Allegro. And um, this is just a a very joyous and just incredible movement to uh, wrap up this really profound fugue that uh, preceded it. One of the things I'd like to introduce in this very first episode of All the Cool Parts is uh, the announcement of our All the Cool Parts Idol. And what this is, uh, I want to promote any classical musician out there, whether you're uh, an emerging ensemble, a solo performer, or a composer. Um, If you have recordings, please send them and um, we will play them on this show as part of all the cool parts idol and of course you know whatever you send I'll play all the cool parts right um, I want you to send them to all the cool parts at gmail.com you can send you know mp3s links to websites uh, bios whatever you want to send uh, the only thing that I ask is that the recordings be professional or near professional quality um, I know a lot of uh, emerging musicians and composers might have a lot of recordings recital recordings just make sure that they the quality of, the, of those recordings are professional or approaching professional level uh, and hopefully I can get many many uh, new faces and uh, um, get your music and get your uh, recordings out there for people to hear And that's going to do it for the very first episode of All the Cool Parts. I thank you all for listening, and I encourage you to give us an email at allthecoolparts at gmail.com. Also, go check out the show notes at allthecoolparts.blogspot.com. You can check out my website at anthonyjosephlandman.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash anthonylandman. And uh, you can add me on Facebook and stuff like that if you want to. 
Um, so thank you all very much for listening, and we will be back very soon to bring you another great classical music recording.